Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for being here. I'm going to pray really quick before we get started. God, thank you for giving us your word in the scripture, and thank you for showing us who you are and joining us on earth to be a part of our lives. We are here because we want to hear from you, so I ask that you would speak through me and that you would use the words that I say to bring a message that you want your people to hear, and I pray that our ears would be open and our hearts would be open to receive what you want to give us. In your name we pray, amen. So all this year, God's been dropping Easter eggs for me that point to the Lord's Prayer. I just can't stop thinking about it. I even had part of the prayer tattooed on my arm. Check it out. Whenever I start seeing the same idea about God all over the place, I know it's time to pay attention, so I get what God is telling me. The first Lord's Prayer Easter egg I noticed was while listening to one of my favorite podcasts, The Bible Project. The hosts, John Collins and Tim Mackey, have conversations about the Bible as a unified story that leads to Jesus. As I was listening to a series called Heaven and Earth, I could feel God nudging me to pay close attention. They shared that the ancient idea of heaven was completely different than our modern idea. According to the ancient Hebrew authors, heaven is God's space and earth is human space. In the Garden of Eden, those two spaces overlap. God lives with humans that he made in his image in a perfect garden full of fruit trees and rivers and living creatures of every kind. What happens next is a famous story of a woman, a serpent, and a fruit. You've probably heard it. She listened to the serpent's lies about God. She ate the fruit, and she shared some with her partner. The whole scene ends with human space and God's space being separated. But God makes his intentions clear as the story of the Hebrew scriptures continues in Exodus. God gives his people, the Israelites, a blueprint to build a tabernacle, a place that will once again allow God to live in the center of life with humans. God gave them a system of animal sacrifices that was meant to recreate Eden where they could be together again. Earlier this year, as we studied about the life of Jesus together, I kept noticing Jesus' message about the kingdom of heaven. That phrase was ringing in my mind until I realized why. It was what Jesus was speaking about in the Lord's Prayer. One way Jesus talked about this heaven and earth space was the place and time where God is king. Like this time Matthew records in his account of Jesus' life. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. Jesus' point is children trust and depend on their father, the way we can trust God as our Father and King. Jesus' life was an announcement of God's rule on earth, and his death was the once-for-all sacrifice that allows heaven to overlap earth and God's reign as King to come. 
Every time I heard those words, God was reminding me of the prayer recorded by Jesus' close friend, Matthew. And it was a surprise to me that Luke also recorded the Lord's Prayer. Historians tell us that Luke wrote his account based on eyewitness interviews. I remember growing up, there were certain sayings embroidered and framed decorating the wall of my house. I saw them every day for 18 years, but for the life of me, I can't remember what any single one of them said. <laughs> they must have been meaningful or important to my mom since she put them up in our house. But for me, seeing the same words every day didn't leave much of an impression. In a lot of ways, the Lord's Prayer was like those sayings hanging in my house as a kid. I've recited it without thinking in church services, skimmed over it when reading Matthew and Luke. And have you overlooked this prayer the same way I did? I'm going to read it to you first from the account of Jesus' life, written by Luke, and then from the account written by Jesus' friend, Matthew. I find it interesting that both writers included this prayer with slight variation. That indicates to me that it was a prayer Jesus said often and that these men knew was significant. Just like my mom hanging sayings on the wall in my home, the ideas were ever-present. Even if Jesus didn't say them exactly word for word the same way every time. As I read, close your eyes and listen for God speaking to you through his prayer. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. That's from Luke 11, 1 through 4. Now, listen to Matthew 6, 9 through 13. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. If you read through the Matthew accounts of Jesus' life, or the accounts from Mark or Luke or John, you'll notice how rarely Jesus answers a question without asking another question. This is one of those times. The disciples ask him to teach them to pray, and Jesus doesn't hesitate to give them a practical answer. He literally says, pray like this. <laughs> now, you might have taken issue with the way Jesus begins the prayer saying, our Father. I know lots of people thinking of God as a Father. It brings up less than helpful associations. Your experience with a father may have left you hurt and guarded. And when Jesus is speaking to God as our father, it helps me to consider what Jackie Hill Perry writes in her book, Holier Than Thou. If God is holy, then he can't sin. And if God can't sin, then he can't sin against me. And if he can't sin against me, shouldn't that make him the most trustworthy being there is? Not only is this father perfectly trustworthy, he is in heaven. 
meaning God is on the throne over all of earth. He's in charge. He can make anything happen with one single word. We're talking to a father who not only cares, but also has the power to affect change no one else is anywhere near capable of. What might you be bold enough to say if you spoke to God believing he wanted only the best for you and was 100% ready and able to make it happen? Jesus shows us in the next line of his prayer. He prays in the imperative. He commands God saying, hallowed be your name. Essentially meaning, God, correct your reputation with the world. Make sure everyone knows who you really are and what you are like. So Jesus doesn't say, God, I'll make sure people know who you are, or help me make sure I polish your reputation with people. No, he acknowledges that God is the one who can correct people's misconceptions about his character. And Jesus starts the prayer by laying a sturdy foundation of who we are addressing, and then asking him to reveal his true nature to the world. Jesus is praying not for himself, but for all the world. What Jesus says first shows what he values most, for the world to know God and what God is like. Then Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is commanding God, and he tells his audience to pray this prayer also. We have access and authority to give God instructions. It would be like me walking into Elon Musk's office and telling him how to fix Twitter, a real power move that Jesus says we can take full advantage of with the God who created us. Jesus models for us the boldness we can have when we speak to God about his authority. We can command with boldness because we know that not only can God do all of these things, he desires to do them, and even more, he wants us to ask him for these things. He wants us to, to desire his kingdom rule and his will to be accomplished because he's perfect. And when his will happens, the world gets better. Goodness and mercy and justice flows. And we can experience a little more heaven on earth. How do I know that is what his kingdom is like? By studying how Jesus lived. Where did he go? He went to the wilderness to listen to God, and he went to the people to teach them about who God was. How did he spend time? Who did he spend time with? He spent time with all sorts of people, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, adults and children, men and women, those others rejected, and the ones who held power in society. What did he do repeatedly? He regularly had meals with different groups of people. He went away from crowds to spend time alone with God. He went to the towns and villages all over Israel to teach and to heal. He offered forgiveness. What did he say? Jesus said, we should love each other. Jesus said that if we've seen Jesus, that we've seen the Father. He said that he was the son of man who Daniel spoke of hundreds of years before. Jesus would arrive to set up a new kingdom where prisoners were set free and blind people would begin to see. How did he respond when under pressure? With grace and patience and wisdom. How did he treat people others overlooked? He went to them, he looked at them, he spoke to them and even touched them. 
How did he interact with people who had power? He challenged them to set aside their power for the sake of the vulnerable. Another way to discover how the kingdom of heaven operates is by studying parables Jesus used to teach about this topic. If you want to read some of these parables, take a look at Matthew 13, where Jesus teaches his disciples the meaning of some of his parables. That's extra credit. We're not going to cover it today. (laughs) Does that sound like a kingdom that you want to experience? It does to me. I want more goodness. I want more mercy. I want more justice. What about the next section of this prayer? Did you notice the shift of subject from God to us? Jesus begins the prayer, framing our thinking around God and his power and will, and then shifts to address us and our neediness. We set an appropriate expectation when God is the first focus of our prayer. All the rest of our prayer becomes more confident when we see clearly the God who can do all that we ask. He prays, Give us today our daily bread. Jesus is making a subtle reference to Exodus when God provided manna for the Israelites to eat in the wilderness. The people had to rely on God to provide enough for their survival. They had to trust that God was going to take care of them, not only with food, but with all that they needed to live in a desert for four decades. Jesus is teaching us that this prayer isn't a once in a while prayer. This prayer is a daily prayer. Our survival and provision might seem to us to be our responsibility, but for Jesus, every day was a gift from God who sustains us. To pray asking God for bread is literal and symbolic for Jesus. Not only is bread the body's nourishment, it was also the symbol he used for his own body at the Last Supper, where he shared with his disciples and his closest friends. We can only experience brand new life in Jesus because he offered his body on the cross for us. Matthew records what Jesus said when sharing a last meal with his disciples. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take this and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Matthew 26, 26 through 28. Interestingly, the Hebrew scriptures describe that every day in the tabernacle, new loaves of bread called the bread of presence were placed on a table as an offering to God. Now we experience the presence of God through the Holy Spirit when we believe the truth about what Jesus said and did. Next, Jesus says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. This is probably the hardest line of the prayer to say and to live out, but Jesus is reminding us of the posture we need to embody as a community called to represent him to the world. Jesus shows us that by allowing his forgiveness to take hold of our hearts, our lives become an overlap of God's space and human space. We become many Edens in our community. Jesus' forgiveness extended to us moves out to the world as we forgive the people around us. The kingdom of heaven is a place of forgiveness for us and for others. Paul explains this idea to the church in Corinth in a letter he wrote that we know is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21. 
Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who was never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Jesus is inviting us to stop living in guilt and shame that holds us hostage. We now can live in freedom. Unlike you and me, God is able to actually forgive and forget. Why keep bringing up the stuff Jesus died to erase? Instead, Jesus' prayer invites us to let the forgiveness we receive transform us. We don't have to carry the weight of shame anymore. Instead, we can stand up straight and tall with the confidence that comes from being fully accepted and beloved. Jesus offers an unlimited supply of forgiveness that we can give away to others. The author of the book of Hebrews wrote, He, meaning Jesus, cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Under the new covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand, and there he awaits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people. On that day, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there's no need to offer any more sacrifices. So, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. The final line of Jesus' prayer says, 
Don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. What Jesus wants us to know is that although we've been forgiven, we're in the process of being made holy. Each time you feel God's asking you to do something uncomfortable, that's an opportunity to let God show you that he can be trusted. And the evil one will try to tempt you not to believe what you heard about God. Jesus is teaching us to trust God, to protect us from those lies. He knows there's an enemy working against us. He wants to remind us that God is willing and able to protect us from that enemy. In his book, Good and Beautiful and Kind, Rich Viotis writes, Prayer is not about throwing holy words at God. It is about embracing a way of seeing. Prayer is not aspirational fantasy. It's the opening of ourselves to the reality of God's presence, an act that forms us in love. Prayer is meant to be where love is nurtured. It's in the true praying moment that God heightens our awareness that we're already enveloped in his loving union, which enables us to extend that love to others. Don't assume that because I'm up here saying all this, that I'm constantly aware of God's presence and I trust him fully with everything, so you should too. In fact, it was precisely because I was so often fully oblivious to him that I think God started dropping these Lord's Prayer Easter eggs for me this year. One thing we can learn from all this is that God wants to be near us. He wants us to be aware of him and depend on him. So let's not forget God is right by our side waiting for us to realize how much he already loves us. If you want to join this overlapping kingdom of heaven on earth, where a perfectly trustworthy God is in charge, then I invite you to pray with me. And a prayer, it's just a conversation between you and God. Here at Akuo, no one ever has to pray alone. So come on, everybody, let's pray. Father, I recognize you as king in heaven and here on earth. I believe that since Jesus gave his body for us on the cross, was buried and came back to life, I have forgiveness. From now on, I want your kingdom to come and your will be done in my life on earth as it is in heaven. In your trustworthy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So if you've been a Jesus follower for the last two seconds or the last two decades and you want Jesus' prayer to change the way you live and experience the world, then I invite you to take a minute right now to listen to God. Ask him, Jesus, what do you want me to pray this prayer in my life?
let's pray. Our Father, you are in charge here and in heaven. Make your name known. Spread the overlap of your rule in heaven over the whole earth. Make all your plans for the universe come true. Teach me to depend on you for my physical and my spiritual needs. Root your forgiveness so deeply in me that it produces forgiveness in abundance for the people in my life. So capture my attention that I don't fall for the lies the evil one tries telling to make me question your goodness. Make my life a kingdom overlap space where heaven comes to earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you join me in thanking Alyssa for bringing a great message today? You can put something there. If you're listening with this along live, you can type something into the into the comments. You can put up an emoji. You can do whatever you want. Just, just thank Alyssa for the great job. We really appreciate it. Now, before you go, there are a few things I would like to share with you. We've been talking about these things for the last few weeks. The first one is the coats for kids. One of our own ACUO members, Marcos Hernandez, is helping out getting coats for kids here in San Antonio. And their goal has been to get 15,000 coats. So next Sunday will be the last week that we have those boxes to collect the coats. So please show up with coats next week. Let's make sure that kids can stay warm here in the San Antonio area. Now there's also another thing that we're gonna be doing for the third year in a row. We will be helping out Christian Assistance Ministry with their Christmas store. And so what this is is just a place where families can go get signed up to get new toys for their kids if they can't afford them. Now normally there are other programs like Blue Santa or Elf Louise which do great work, but to be a part of those as a family receiving gifts, you have to be signed up months in advance. And so what CAM does is they are able to help somebody out right now, right when the need is there. So CAM does a store for families that have been struggling, and we want to make sure that we are helping those struggling families out. We want to be linked to them during their tough times. So there are a few ways that you can go ahead and do this. The first way you can do it is we have put up a QR code on the screen right now. CAM has an Amazon and Target wish list online. To buy some of those gifts, all you have to do is go to this QR code, scan it, and then you can purchase the gift and it will automatically get shipped to Cam. You don't have to pick anything up. You don't have to go into a store. It's the easiest way you can do it. The other thing you can do is go in and pick up a toy and bring them here to Akuo Church on December the 4th. Then we will take those gifts and deliver them to Cam the very next day. Now, the only reason we're able to do any of these things is because of you and your generosity. We were able to drop off and deliver more than 60 turkeys over the last week because you guys are so generous. We are able to use those resources that you give to us to purchase for folks at the Sorrento and uh, that are elderly and need help and need assistance and also with our folks that are across the street at Upbring. Uh, families living in poverty that just need some help. Because of you and your generosity, we were able to meet the needs. Every single one of those families was able to have a turkey Thanksgiving meal. So thank y'all so much. Now, that's what we are able to do with your generosity. And if you are willing to be generous here, one of the ways that you can get that started is through the biblical method of giving called tithing, which means just giving a first root 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be where you start, but no matter what, how you start, how you get it going, we want you to be speaking to the Lord, asking him what he wants you to do, because we want to make sure that this is not a burden for you. We want you to do this as a celebration of the relationship that you have with Jesus.
This isn't a thing where you give and you expect something back. This is a thing that you do to celebrate all the things that you have received through your relationship with Jesus. Now, the celebration of giving might not be a possibility for you right now, and we totally get that. Things might be really tough for you and your family, and that's okay if things are tough right now. We want to be linked to you. We're not asking for anything from you. We're asking what can we do to help you out right now. So we want to be linked to you during this tough time. So if you or someone that you know need anything at all, please reach out to us. Uh, so what you can do to go ahead and do that is email us at help at akuo.church. You can go to our website, akuo.church, or you can go ahead and give us a call or send us a text message directly at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way that you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church, just like I talked about a minute ago. When you get there, all you have to do is follow the on-screen instructions and just go ahead and give in that way. We also have a text to give option for that. All you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail it to AKUO at PO box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, y'all, that's all that we have for you today. I just want you to know that we love and appreciate all of you, and we will be praying for you now, and we hope that you will have such a great Thanksgiving holiday coming up this week. So let's just go ahead and pray for you. So Lord, we just thank you so much for all the ways that you have been blessing us. We thank you for all the ways that you speak to us. We pray that as we move forward, that you would give us boldness to step in front of you and, and, and ask you for the things that we're supposed to ask. We pray that you would open our ears up to hear from you the messages that we are supposed to hear from you. And Lord, we, we ask that you would just give us the ability to reflect your love and your glory to every single person we come across every day. We thank you for everything, Jesus, and we love you, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, that's all that we have for you this week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.